Hello, welcome back everybody to another episode of Onside Punt. No one is undefeated, not anymore. This was a week for the underdogs. Many plays returning from injury, backup quarterbacks making a difference. We saw tensions growing on and off the field all over the league this week. Many quarterbacks now facing injuries. My name is Cad, and as always, I'm joined by Homie. How you doing, buddy? Oh, what a what a week, mate! Oh, mate, oh my god! Oh, it is Un- unbelievable! It is mayhem out there. I don't know where to look. I don't know which <laughs> direction. It's carnage all around, and it's like it's on the scoreboard and on the benches. So yeah, oh. like usually by now, you know, in my experience, you've kind of figured it out. You know, who's the easy beats? You know, who's going to powerhouse through? It's week six. It's turned on its head. Obviously, yeah. there's uh, been some dethroning around the league. But what was your biggest takeaway from, from week six? It feels like if you could do it, I can do it better. So it's like, <laughs> if you, <laughs> it's like no one's letting the narrative sit with anyone, are they? It's sort of like, it is like, if you don't hit 100%, We'll knock you off. So yeah. it's like, that's what I took away. It's like, come with your best game or you're in trouble. And a lot of them, as we'll get into, they struggled. They yeah. struggled to keep the momentum. So what about you, Kat? What did you take away? I think what the, the phrase that has come back in the discourse is uh, due, for a, due for a loss. Oh, that old Which is classic. very funny. And I, oh. I forgot about it since we've been talking, you know, in such absolutes and superlatives about teams like the Eagles or the 49ers and oh yeah now now, now they were due for a loss you know it mm. had to come now but I guess the Panthers aren't yet due for a win so we'll see what well they're the happens. only one left with the with the donut next to the name <laughs> yeah. isn't it poor buggers so but uh we'll see they, we'll might, see. they might surprise us they should have done it this week would have added to the narrative but they might have the Texans next week, which, uh, you know, not an easy beat for them, but the Panthers still putting up 27 points here, there, and everywhere. So, I don't know. It's going to happen, but maybe it'll just be, like, against the Chiefs or something. <laughs> like, just something ridiculous. <laughs> it will be ridiculous. That's the NFL for you. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, in this episode, for these reviews of the shows, we're doing things... A little different, homie, and we're picking a few key games that we're really interested in. We don't want to waste your time covering every game. No, it's no point. Yeah, there's there's a lot of games to get through, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring it down to you, give you the rundown of which ones are important, why they're important, and if maybe you should sneak back and have a little look. You know, you might mm. want to watch the last quarter or something. So we've done the work for you. We'll tell you what's important, what isn't, and then you can decide what you want to do with it. So, All right, let's dive in, homie. Week six. Head them off. Let's go. All right, homie, we're going to start off with the Texans versus the Saints on Monday. Now, I wasn't looking at this game thinking it was going to be Super interesting or a groundbreaker or anything, but I am so focused on the Texans at the moment. CJ Stroud and that Texans defense found their groove against Derek Carr and the Saints, putting themselves on top in a 20-13 to 13 win. I'm just really enjoying watching the Texans at the moment, and I've never said that. 
Ben's it's an odd sentence, years. right? <laughs> yeah. It's an odd sentence. They are the excitement package of 2023, right? They are putting up performances that no one expected with mm. a rookie quarterback at the helm, and it's exciting footy. Yeah, he did. He did throw his first intercept. Sorry he did. I stole your, head, no, I no, stole no. your headline, but yeah, but who cares when you get the W, right? No, right. that's exactly. And it didn't slow him down. So yeah, unfortunately, breaking that streak. But you know, congratulations to CJ for being that you know protected and I guess making good decisions early in a rookie career. Mm. The next play was kind of what I was looking at in the next series yeah. of them to see how it shook him. Not at all. Next ball was like a twenty-five yard pass. To the outside, confident, just moved on from it, carried on pretty damn well. Um, Nico Collins and his connection this game was unbelievable. And I think Nico is only two years older than CJ. So it's a young partnership and it's a young team. I think it gets to develop over time. And we're just seeing the early kind of seedlings coming through. Nico Collins isn't. Is it, there's not a lot of chat around him. Like you sort of don't get a lot of media on him, but he is one who is blossoming like in mm. this season. But it's interesting. I heard, I got a report on him and he was, a, they said he trains like a beast. Like he's oh. like, he, so it was like someone had, they'd seen him at preseason and they said, Oh, this guy's going to be an absolute athlete. And he is, he's showing it now, but he's still, he just slides under the radar, doesn't he? He just, yeah. Sort of, yeah. I think as well, especially like in when we were predicting the season or doing our like previews, projections, way too early projections, you just didn't assume that a young wide receiver was going to have much luck with a brand new rookie quarterback. But it, yeah. I always love seeing when they make their first kind of partnership, that first duo that you want to, is it, you know, Herbert to Keenan Allen, you know, Josh to Diggs, you know, that type of thing. And he's found his guy, which is, is really cool to see. What I was thinking though, like, and I, I didn't really know this until the stat popped up during the game, is how incredible the offensive line has been for CJ. So they let in their first sack this game, the first in 117 pass plays. So it was is, first interception that he threw in first sack, but they've protected him. No, no wonder he has so much presence in the pocket. Like Bryce Young isn't getting that. But they did the right thing, right? They went and drafted to protect their rookie quarterback. Like they... Mm. They knew they needed to develop him and they've done everything possible to make sure this is the best scenario it could be and they're getting the the rewards for it. Like what a like the Texans have to get some credit for creating this system. Yeah, to good allow these picks there. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And like I I never really understood and I still struggle with it how one puzzle piece on an offensive line can change it completely. Mm. And just bringing yeah. in this young guy, Will Anderson. And he's already making impact, as we've said. So really cool there. Uh, on the defense, Texans, amazing pass coverage uh, in the end zone as well. And they caused a lot of trouble for Carr. Now, like you can see in the stat lines that the Saints were getting the ball up the field, but they just couldn't finish in the end zone. Carr had 353 throwing yards. 353. Yeah. And they scored 13 points. It's a... There's some big issues here with their <laughs> with their ability to score, right? It's like it's like they don't want to win. It's like yeah, it, I, it's really I just, strange. They, I, I, I we've talked about it before. We, we like the receiver group that they have, but there's no uh, playmaker. Like I guess Olave is meant to be that Amon Ra St. Brown or 
you know, Diggs, as I said, or Jefferson, that type of thing. Their, their version of him, not as hyped and as yeah. talented, but they just they can't rely on him to make the play every time. And it's kind of showing in these moments. If you've thrown 353 yards, but you've only been able to score in the end zone twice. They've got a list of such experience too. You expect them to perform in the big moments and they they keep a fan wanting. You know, they, they just don't quite tip over the mark. And I guess well, probably it'll lead into the next game we're talking about, but the AFC South just do not want to show us who is the best team in that <laughs> division, right? Just keep, keep us like, guessing. <laughs> it's like they all had a chance to, to do something and it's like, they haven't. They just don't grasp it, like like the Texans chose to on on the day. So, very yeah, absolutely, very well said. And and now the Texans have matched their win total this year with their amount of wins from last oh, season. Give them a clap. Well done. Well yeah. done. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so they they I hope you know that they are, are planning. And as I said, they've got the Panthers. Oh, in six, they've got them mm. next week. Um, and you know, hopefully they're not looking at this like as an easy W, and they work just as hard as they did against the Saints here because they're going to have to fight for a lot of their wins. Uh, but they showed up today and they just out outplayed the Saints in every way. So that'll take us on to the AFC South, the other team in the AFC South that uh, had the opportunity to go to the top of their division, but chose. To lose to the Commanders. So um, the game I'm going to take you is to is the Falcons versus the Commanders. So the Commanders ended up winning this 24-16, to 16, ending Desmond Ritter's consecutive at-home wins of like 32. Yeah. It doesn't include – it's not just NFL. It includes college. So it's a bit of a – It's another streak stat, ended. But, yeah, but I'm, I'm going – Desmond Ritter is going to be my focus point here, Caddy. The second-year quarterback, again, a, a person found wanting with the game in his hands. Like, you know, after the commanders, you know, they squashed the running game mm. of the Falcons. So you're expecting – so it's now in – we've got to put it in the air. And Ritter just threw it away in the fourth. It's – gosh, yeah. they had some chances too. Did, I don't did know. he have three consecutive turnovers when he had – like going up to the end zone? I think that's what I saw. Yeah, well, they he had three intercepts in the game, like in the, in the second half. But the question, like the Falcons had the ball for basically the last quarter and did not score. It was unbelievable. It was like, and you've got to give a little bit, got to give a bit of credit here to the Washington defense, who obviously, you know, they they squashed the the run game and then got got them on the turnover every moment they turned it back over. They couldn't keep it, which is a bit odd, but they really did. It it was nice that the Washington defense turned up after their performance last week. But, yeah, I don't know what the AFC South is doing at the moment, Cad, but neither team, they they want to put themselves as the number one. So it's confusing. It is, and (laughs) they're very cleverly both lost, as you said, to keep us all guessing. (laughs) There's a comparison with this game and the one we were just talking about outside of that AFC standings. I'm just looking at the team stats here now. Just like the Saints, the Falcons had more time of possession than the Commanders. They had 402 total yards to Washington's 193, so double the amount of yards they had. 
and still yep. just didn't manage to finish the game. And it comes back to what you and I said when we were predicting the Falcons to win. Oh, I'm just going to really put this in the hands of Bijan. They shut that down, though. As you say, you have shut to go to down. the air. And, and yeah. if you can't rely on your quarterback to perform for you there, you're kind of screwed. And they weren't like Hail Marys either. Like they were in the red zone. They had the chance to win it. And like credit to Washington, they picked them off, but they weren't great throws. You know, mm. like a couple of them were really good picks by the uh, Washington. But in essence, he was not putting it where he should have been. And a little bit, I think, I think goes to the coach as well here. You know, there's there's moments when he should have probably called some different plays that gave them the chance to. Win and you I, seem it was like repeating the same mistake, yeah, again and, and again, just, like calling the same stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a, it's it's well worth watching it just to just to watch the have possession for the last quarter and do nothing with it, and <laughs> and the commanders to walk away with a lovely little win. So, well done to the commanders, keeping it tidy. Yeah, in. I don't know. It, it just seems like a commanders thing. Just to I I I don't know how to pick this team. I was talking to some other friends of ours. No idea how to pick this team. They're sneaky. They're sneaky, these commanders. Keep an eye out for them. Yeah, I know I said it last week in that, you know, it's it's weird to say that the commanders look like they're going to get a wild card spot, but they are sneaking their way towards a a wild card. And if they keep putting up the performance, they probably will. They've got the defense to match it. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Alrighty, we're moving on to the first big upset of the week where the Jets took it to the Eagles to dethrone this 5-0 and team. Do you have the score there, homie? I seem to have misplaced it. Let me grab it for you. I know they led 14-3 and managed to lose it from there, but we... (laughs) (laughs) I've lost it too. Let me grab it for you. (laughs) If you could, that would be great. A little bit unorganised on this side of the ball. Uh, Well, we're still trying to sink in that they lost 20-14. That's what happened. There you go, 20-14. That the Jets decimated the birds. And it was one of these games only that you and I didn't catch live and... We saw the scoreline and the question kind of pronged up there being like, how did the Eagles lose this game? Well, I had caught the start. So I'd left when they were winning and mm. had made the poor assumption that it was just... It was over. The Phillies, <laughs> yeah, Phillies running their normal game. And I came back to, to see that I had missed my tip <laughs> and the Jets had got it. Uh Look, really I went digging. I went digging, and I think I found the answer in one nutshell. And give it to me: the Jets' defensive line. And I think that was the whole key to victory for this team. The Jets' defensive line put pressure on the Eagles from the very first drive. Now they did score that touchdown drive, as you would have seen, but they were pressuring Jalen early, getting to him, intimidating, making Jalen play. At his best. They had to force him to play at his best, which he probably wasn't expecting with the Jets. As well, if you're thinking about it, the Eagles have one of the most hailed offensive lines ever and called the best one in the NFL, giving Jalen that protection. They could not hold back the Jets, and that defense was pushing and pushing and pushing on them all day. Now, 
when Jalen's able to get off a pass, he's throwing it deep in the secondary. You know, Jets defense kind of had their hands full trying to contain Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. But in the second half, defensive line was still breaking through and they were forcing these turnovers and just ugly plays from Jalen. But then how do they score? How do they how do they score? And that is the issue I found here is when the defense is so strong, you've got to rely on this offense to actually capitalize on it. And it was a point that was brought up today that the defense are on the field so much longer and get so much more tired when the offense just turns it over in three minutes of game time. Yeah, well, it's a game. It is a game that's based on getting on and off the field as quickly as possible. So it's if you're not giving your defense the time to recover or your offense the time, they take the time to produce the scores. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a repetitive wheel that just keeps. And it's, uh, I think, if, I think Philly went seven for 14 in on their third down. Yeah. And it's like, uh, with that ratio, you're not going to get, you got to, you got to get it, you got to give it back to the opposition and, they could take advantage of it because you don't always get to have another look at it, I think. That's the problem, isn't it? And I know Bryce Harfey generated 1.5 sacks, I think it was, for the Jets. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just... The pressure was on. And I don't think, for the first time, the Phillies looked like they wanted to, to deal with it. So, yeah, they, I think they looked a bit rattled. And especially the line just couldn't hold them. Going to the offense of the Jets, though, there were mistakes from Zach. Obviously. Yep. It's um, going to be. It, there is. It's going to be. But I think, you know, he started to have some fun with it and there's this confidence building in him. Throwing some deep balls. A little Patrick mm. Mahomes-esque uh, shovel pass through yeah, the Yeah, that defenders. was nice. That was nice. That I was thought nice. that was fun. Rushing yards out of the pocket um, and, you know, obviously uplifted by his receivers, Garrett Wilson ascending into the air to take catches and Brees yeah. Hall even um, featuring more as a receiver than a running back was uh, excellent. They uh, ended up capitalizing on an intercept by Tony Adams. They finish it off with a touchdown by Brees Hall and then do a two-point try right after that straight to Cobb. Like, they just knew that they were just on top of this game and put the two nails in the coffin. Um, You know, they didn't come close to making the most of opportunities, but to get a win over the Eagles for this kind of new underdog team that lost Aaron but is getting victories and putting some heart behind Zach Wilson... I thought it was very, very exciting to see for the Jets. I was very happy for Zachy Boy. Well, it's a, it's the first time in franchise history that they've beat Philly. Isn't yeah, he's, that got, crazy? he's got a record. Like, yeah, that is unbelievable. So it's like Zach Wilson was at the helm <laughs> when, <laughs> when the Jets won for them. Like no one would have thought that at the start of the season. But it's you, like you can't take it away from him at all. You got um, You got to get a feeling that the Jets are starting to get. Like the fans themselves are starting to get back into the swing of things, do you think, yes. Kat? Yeah, there's yeah, an energy yeah. energy growing, and I think yeah. the fans are about it because they all bought their season tickets uh, for, yeah. for another reason. <laughs> <laughs> They've taken them off eBay now, and they're starting yeah. to... <laughs> or StubHub, that, I think that's what it's called Stubhub, over there in yeah. the States. Yeah, yeah. Not so, a sponsor. Craigslist, um, that's, that's only on Popcorn cultural reference i know but they're, they're bringing them back they want them back in their hands now because they're producing some performances there yeah i want to ask you a question on 
on, I guess, their previous quarterback in, in one second. But I think it is important to note that the Eagles kind of added insult to injury or injury to injury uh, and unfortunately left this game with three more injuries in their secondary, being two cornerbacks and a safety, which adds to the list of an injured backfield where they already had four of their secondary players on the bench in IR. So they've lost you know, six, seven players now in their wide receiver coverage, which is... You know, if you're going head-to-head uh, with the Bills or Miami, I believe they are versing next week. Yes. yes it's a very interesting thing to see, and we'll probably talk about that more in the preview show. But, homie, I did want to ask, now that the Jets are 3-3, three and three, do you think what do you think the narrative would be if Rodgers was still the quarterback and 3-3? Three and three? And how does that impact kind of the perspective on Zach right now? If it was... Three and three with Aaron Rodgers, I think they'd still say they're building. So it, I think it's the same. It's a weirdly the same narrative, even though they don't have Rodgers at the helm. Like mm. it's like, it's like I think they would have been happy being three and three. To tell you the truth, with Aaron Rodgers, so it's like, and knowing that a few are stumbling as well. You know, they're not quite hitting their straps. I think, I think, I think they would enjoy the underdog narrative now. Like, yeah. I think I think they're happy to now just put Zach out there and try and... I know we'll talk about Love him until they hate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think it's like, until he butchers, like when they're winning and he butchers it, I think yeah. that's when they're going to... They'll bring... Until they get into a positive win-loss ratio, I think everything's fine with Zach Wilson. Until expectation comes on the team, then it'll go back the other way. And they would have... Like they wouldn't would have with Aaron, they wouldn't have with Aaron Rodgers at the mm. helm. I have mm. to agree. I can see there's people out there saying, "Well, if we're three and three with Zach Wilson, we could be, you know, four yeah, and two yeah. or five and one with Aaron." But oh, I, you could imagine the pub chat. You could yeah. imagine the pub <laughs> chat. You could, you could. They would love it. But no, I, I'd have to agree. That was how I saw it as well, especially with that second year contract going in. Oh, we we need time to build the Super Bowl champion team. Yeah, I like it. Go, Zach, do you think? Get your credit. All right, Kate. What other game took your interest? What else you got on your list? I've got the Bills versus Giants, homie, which I think if you didn't watch this game, I think Wait you missed minute. out, and I don't think you would think to watch the replay. That's my general assessment. Well, no, really, like, how? How could anyone playing the Giants be entertaining? Exactly right. And, and you know, we got a text from my dad that said, I'm not even going to bother watching this. And I said, I totally understand. Well, it's 14-9. Like, it was 14-9. Well, it's like, uh, there's no way I'm clicking on this game. Like, what well, what do we got? It was strangely enough, out of all the results we saw, this game put me on the edge of my seat. Uh, till It went to the literal last second of game clock that this game could have been decided. Now, to run you through the story, because I'm assuming a lot of people didn't end up watching this, the Giants led 6-0 into the second half with the Bills' offense unable to mobilize at all. Um, Josh Allen briefly entered the blue tent, which is the medical tent, assessing a shoulder injury. He returned. The Bills score in the third quarter. They hold on to a five-point lead to the Giants all the way up until the last minute of the last quarter. Now, the Giants get there. 
the tension's building. They are progressing down the field. They get to the end zone. They take a shot in the end zone. The buzzer goes. It's over. Hold the phone, homie. There's a flag. They get to Ooh, redo the play. Oh, I do like the flag. Yeah, I do soon- like the flag. <laughs> I was like, I don't care who's playing, but if you see that, like, you just go, no way. And, like, because of all the upsets we've seen, and we'll do a run through oh. the rest of the results soon. I was thinking, no way. Shh, the Giants are going to take it to the Bills because it's what the script writers have dictated. Oh. <laughs> and unfortunately, they get one more shot. They don't end up getting it. Tyrod Taylor throws just over Darren Waller. Um, but it was just an incredible game. And it was really interesting to watch the Bills struggle against the Giants who had their backup quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, playing. That is... So, do you know how bad it is for Allen? Have you... Uh, for the there? arm? Um, from what yeah. I've read, they, I don't see there's any uh, issue. He's basically... His response to the media was, how's the shoulder? He said, I played the whole second half. And that was that was him. Yeah, that's good. That's walking good. on. That's good. Yeah, answers that question. Right. Firstly, I've had to go on and have a little look at... To, now that catch... Yeah, you've told me to catch up, so I'm trying to catch up here. Mm. All right, firstly... Uh, Obviously, jet lag's a factor for the Bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bills are coming because so, they got the London hangover. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I've just brought up this stat that they didn't score for three quarters. Yeah, <laughs> so the that's first, exactly right. And that's the first time since 2018. So, yep. okay. That's not a great start. Um, no, really slow start. Their first six drives ended in either a punt, a turnover, or a missed field goal. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so everyone. That that's everyone party. making an error there. All right, and uh, and this is the other. Oh, I've just watched. I've, I just watched the last play. It looked like there was another hold there too. There would have been oh. a little cheeky hold there, and oh, it's very controversial. Got away with one there. Got away yeah. with one. Yeah. I think the refs have just thought this was getting ridiculous, and they needed to give the Bills a victory. Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fed up. Now, now, Josh Allen came out and said that the Giants. You know, they asked him what happened in this game. Why? Why did you just win this game against the Giants? He goes, oh, look, the Giants' defense played really well. And I honestly think that that's a distraction and a smokescreen and just a a comment in the place of blaming themselves and taking ownership for what was an incredibly poor performance. The Giants' defense was not incredible. They (laughs) They weren't up to beating the Bills on a good day. It was just not a good day for their offense. And if it wasn't for Diggs in non-glorious passes, the Bills couldn't even have pulled off this victory. So if they just turned up here thinking easy beat and just forgot to perform and waited for someone to win it for them, but luckily yeah. it looks like, I'm reading a little bit deeper, it looks like actually the Giants lost the game, not the Bills won it. Would you yeah, say? exactly that. And it's interesting yeah. here because it's a game where both head coaches are copping crap for this game. <laughs> I love that. Just because they're assessed on different standards, I think. Um, yeah. But Brian Dable is being brought into question for the choice of the last play, I think, kind of unfairly. People said they could run. Why didn't you run it on that play? Because they were quite short and close Barclay to the end zone. Because Barclay is back, right? Because Barclay is back. But yeah. he makes the point, and very accurately, I think that they got stopped on the run multiple times in big moments throughout the game. Mm. And they obviously just didn't have a shot there. And Darren Waller was their most trusted receiver. The whole time. Yeah. And uh, it was a shot in the dark. You know, it's a it's a one second on the clock end zone throw for the win. They don't always go. 
I just don't understand why he's getting grilled like that. And surely after their previous performances, they're going to be somewhat happier that they're in the game, right? I just think that there's bigger questions to be asking the Giants on what the hell's going on with their team than how come you didn't nail one pass to beat the Bills on a fluke victory. Do you think he gets slagged a little bit just because of his mannerisms? Like how he's kind of... (laughs) Looks a bit salty. Something. Have you? He always. He, he, he's now got a tendency to throw things on the sideline. Yeah, and there's always a video of him going up to the quarterback, like just at him a little bit, just and in it's the like, in under yeah, the helmet. Yeah, yeah. In the he looks like a little man, sort of up at him, like you've. Get out there and do what I've told you. Like, it's kind of like an annoying neighbour or something. Like, did you see? Like, you, I think you told me last week that he threw the the board, the playbook. No, I don't think that was me. Well, yeah. it wasn't Dable? Okay, maybe it wasn't Dable then. I thought it was Dable yeah. who threw the playbook, but he definitely snatched the headphones off his head and launched them. Yeah, that's head. that's the main one. He always yeah. he always launches the headphones and gets in the face of the quarterback. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, couldn't, he knew he couldn't blame Daniel Jones on this one, so I think poor Davey Baby is going to have to sort it out himself. But look, plenty of mess, plenty of questions. It did take my eyes again. Oh, that leads me into, we had a fan question from Jehu and he wants to know, is the Jones injury real or they're just mixing things up? What do you, what do you reckon, Kat? Give you an well, answer well, to that. Well, first off, first off I, I just thank you for our first, uh, we've no, never had a fan question on the show before and if you have any yeah. more in the future, please feel free to send them <laughs> in. Um is this a hoax, basically? Is this a, is this yeah, a basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like, is, that, is nothing wrong with his neck? He's just, he's just like a... I just can't see what the upside is. If the upside of that is doing better, then Tyrod Taylor is an interesting choice to go to. <laughs> well, but, it is working, that... but it is working, I guess, in some degree. Uh, and yeah. if it's tanking uh, is the reason, then they should just keep Daniel on the Yeah, team. that's true. Yeah, that's true. That Thank you, Jehu. We'll, we'll look for more answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to take you for the last of the main games here that we've mm. gone through. I'm going to take you probably a little bit of a weird one, but I'm taking you to the Miami versus Panthers. Oh, the five, the five and one. Uh, complete opposite Miami. of this game. Because points yeah, were scored. Yeah, it, it's like everyone's looking. I mean, come on, buddy. This is a this is a weird one. Uh, after they rammed them forty-two to twenty-one, uh, the old Panthers. You know, on face value, it looks like just another beat up of the Panthers, right? Yeah, well, but, yeah. I, I actually haven't yeah. watched this game, so please tell me. But what you may or not have known that the Panthers led this game fourteen nil. Wow, <laughs> which is. Which is crazy to think, right? But, so all uh, of the first... I'm looking at the scoreline here, homie. And then what happened in the second quarter? Looks like oh, they just, 20, they 21 lit, points. Yep, the they lit it up. I think they, it was five out of their six plays they scored on or something. It was crazy. <laughs> but this is where I'm leading to with this. Like, is any lead against the Dolphins, like, unassailable? Like, they just blow teams up, right? They, they, they had to, Every stat sheet is getting lit up by the Dolphins. And they've also they found a way to protect Tua by building a big enough lead that you just take him off the field. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's an incredible system. That's it's, that's uh, big brain thinking. If we're winning that is, so much, yeah. you don't have to play any more Tua. Maybe that's, yeah. they, that's how they've incentivized him. If you score more, yeah. you can leave early. <laughs> yeah, so basically build up the lead, you go sit on the pine, and we just have a little chill. But <laughs> I just... We've got a big game coming up, but... Cad... 
can this model of just full offense, like score, 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 can it stack up? Can they maintain this? It's it, I, They're off the chain at the moment. I just, it, I'm enjoying it, it immensely. It is incredible. And I feel like, you know, the 49ers and the Eagles were still the headlines, obviously, this weekend of the previous weeks. And the Dolphins, I think that they got a lot of hype and a lot of story for their 70-point game. But no one's talking about, the, you know, as you said, the start of this kind of monster dynasty or, you know, run oh. that they're having. Like, not a dynasty, but a run that they're having of just stacking huge points on. It yeah. just looks like a teetering tower to me, though. And it's like one injury away from well, isn't it? December. But, but that's the thing. Like, A-Chang didn't play. Devin A-Chang mm-hmm. running back. Uh, did it matter? No, they just no. smoked it up. <laughs> uh, they are go- they are running off the back of Morstead. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right, but like he is an absolute workhorse for them. But yeah, I'll take and and Tyreek Hill. Like I know he is a superstar, but I still think he might be underrated. So he has in the six games so far a hundred uh, eight hundred fourteen yards in the six games so far. So he's on track to break two thousand yards wow. for the season, yeah. and. He's the first player in NFL history to have 150 plus receiving yards in four games of the first six games of the season. Like, oh, it's just like they it's are just, just blowing. This stat line here, man. Like six receptions, 163 mm. yards. Yeah, it is. How it is, is <laughs> it is prime time television? Like if you if you can only get time to watch one game at the moment, I think you just pencil in the Miami yeah. Dolphins. <laughs> just enjoy is, watching the highlight reel. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a cricket match. They are just scoring un, unwillingly. But got a got a question yeah. for you though. Um, how did Bryce play? At, you know, we're obviously tracking CJ pretty closely. These guys are going to go head to head soon enough. Uh, CJ and Bryce Young. I just want to, because because the Panthers consistently are scoring, you know, twenty twenty plus. What what's going was, on in that offense? Well, it's a good game to talk about him as well because he's definitely he's making improvements. Like he is, he's definitely he. The start of the game was a real highlight for them. They obviously pressed they so he did have a touchdown pass in that fourteen point lead, and he looked good. But the problem was when. Miami dialed things up. They just did not hold the pocket for him at all. Like Right, okay. So I don't think it's a reflection of, of him at all. I think it's a reflection of, you know, we spoke about the Texans earlier, that they're creating that space for mm-hmm. CJ. Uh, Bryce Young just doesn't have that opportunity at the moment. They are just letting, they've got to create a system that is sustainable, that allows him to have some success. I just can't. They've got to give him it like that. That first five minutes of the game, yeah. Replicate that. Replicate <laughs> that. But it seemed as soon as Miami wanted to go, mm. the the pet Daniels released the hounds. <laughs> that has let the door open, and I yeah. just think okay. I, I I have so much empathy for Bryce Young at the moment. Like he is just. It's just you know you feel just hold on, mate. Just hold on. Your time yeah. will come. Just hold on. Like you don't have to it, blow up like CJ. It's okay. Yeah. No, he's he's building. There was definitely improvements, and we're going to watch them. So I'm feeling get... the Panthers, uh, to use the new terminology, I think they're, they're, they're reprised terminology. I think they're due for a win. I honestly do. And uh, I, I think my pick for them will be coming soon. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. I like that. A little teaser. A little teaser. I do like that. All right, Kat. 
What do you reckon? Do we do a quick run through of the leftovers? Shall we? Yep, sounds good to me. The leftovers. Uh, is. Yeah, I'm thinking we just we'll just put, we'll just name them, headline, and then just roll on. So you kick us off with oh. No, actually, let me kick off. I'll go Titans versus Ravens. So this one was a genuine soccer match, 24 to 16. Uh, so we decided we just needed a game that was decided by the kickers. So yep. Justin Justin Tucker kicked six. Nick Falk kicked three. And, and the, get out of London. So Ravens just <laughs> got the win and get out of there. It was, a, it was an odd game. It was an odd game, Kat. Moving on to Jags versus Colts. The Jags avoid a hangover from London put four touchdowns and three field goals on the Colts, winning 37-20. to 20. Trevor Lawrence left the game late after twisting his knee while getting a sack on oh. a uh, what's been called a questionable play by the coaching team, homie. So interesting to see what comes of that. Gardner Minshew, our boy from the Colts, the backup QB, disappointed our many fans <laughs> with four turnovers, a fumble, three interceptions. So a painful reminder to why the Jags themselves traded Gardner in 2021. I will know. Travis Etienne, though, he's yeah. blowing up at the moment, right? Oh, yeah. that's a running back for the Jags, if you didn't know. But, yeah, he is doing really good. All right, moving on. Bengals versus Seahawks. So the Bengals escaped one here, Cad. Uh, but, mm. you know, the Bengals turned up with their best defensive effort of the season, and it came at the right time. Uh, the, you know, after Red Hot start too, the Bengals were away and then they just basically t- switched off and gave every <laughs> opportunity for the Seahawks to win this one. But we've got some problems here. The Seahawks do not know how to score anymore. They oh, have, no. Yeah, they've got real issues in the red zone. They had <laughs> one from five in the red zone in this game. Um, yep, problems there. They need to sort it out real quick. Bears versus Vikings. Now, homie, an incredibly boring game here, in my opinion. <laughs> the Vikings beat the Bears 19-13 to uh, without Justin Jefferson. Cousins shared the ball around to nearly you know every receiver he had with not one of them achieving over 50 yards in their stat line. Uh, Justin Fields threw for only 58 yards and was sacked four times until he exited the game with an injury <laughs> on his right hand. I think four times was enough for Justin. Yeah, I think he'd had enough. I thought he'd had enough. I'd seen that. He went off. Oh, I can't believe you've said it was a boring game when a scoop and score wins the game. Like, yeah, still boring. Like, it's still honestly, boring. Yeah, I, I, I'll, yeah. I'd happily have watched the highlights and seen that. The anticipation yeah. for that scoop and score was not worth it. <laughs> so that's so that's it for the so that game is just a scooped score and it's we're on so yep that's it all right I'll take you to another not so entertaining game but it was as we expected the Raiders you know got it done but without Jimmy Garoppolo who exited the game early what? in the first half Jimmy G got <laughs> injured yeah, you're yeah, kidding yeah yep. so I have to introduce you. Brian Hoyer, he's the he's the backup. So what happened moment, to Aiden O'Connell? That was their star boy for a long time. He's well, he's injured Brian. at the moment. He's oh, injured. Yeah. Okay. So so they got the veteran Brian Hoyer now, who did the job. I think he went four for four, like straight off the bat. I think. Uh, on your don't Brian. quote me on that one. Don't quote me on that one. But uh, <laughs> I will give you a sneak. I'll give you a, the probably the best takeaway from this. So Jacoby, my uh, wide receiver, Jacoby Myers who'd spent the first four seasons at the Patriots. 
uh, obviously now with the Raiders. He got a touchdown in his first game. There you go. And he never got one for 38 games with the New England Patriots. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you would call it. this a revenge match? As you know, I was talking to a friend today, and he basically he's a Raiders fan and called himself the Las Vegas Patriots because most yeah. of their players have gone over there. But just what a bummer! <laughs> what a bummer for yeah. a rivalry match. Yeah. So the pay, the Raiders got it done anyway. There you go. All right, moving on to Bucks versus the Lions. Now, on their fourth consecutive win, the Lions claimed an mm. easy dub against the Bucks, winning 20-6. to six. Underrated QB of the league, Jared Goff, threw for 353 yards and two touchdowns. One of them, homie, not sure if you saw it, that stunning like 45-yard throw oh. to Jamison Williams. Oh, threw it, it right between them. It was great. I don't know if it was a better catch than it was a pass, but amazing effort there. Um, Jameson, who's come back from his cheeky little gambling suspension. <laughs> it's good to see him <laughs> making an impact. Um, and uh, look, I was looking how to summarize the Buccaneers, but Baker Mayfield did it for me uh, in this quote. It was awful. Could probably just stop it there. Uh, it was awful. <laughs> we didn't start fast. We didn't pick it up in the middle and we didn't close strong. If we play like that, we'll lose every time. Well put. Oh. Well put. Jeez. That's handy, actually. Can he... Do our game synopsis for the rest of the season. That'd be very handy. Uh, that'd be very handy for the Bucks. So, <laughs> all right, moving on. So we had the Los Angeles Rams against the Cardinals. I expected somewhat of a better game here, Cad. Mm. Rams ran out twenty-six to nine winners. But little side note here: the Rams have developed the running game. What? So, but didn't yes. they just get a new receiver back? What are they doing? Ah. I'm running for. Oh, don't we'll get on to Cup, don't you? Wait, yeah, we'll get on <laughs> to him. But we're gonna first gonna highlight Kareem Williams, who's become a workhorse on the ground. And in the second half, he he opened them up for 101 yards. I think it was. Um, it was great. It's like so. We're now the Rams have started to build some elements of a team, and it's there you go. It's pretty strange. I have also seen that I think everyone wants to steal Williams from the Rams as well. So <laughs> we're going to keep note on that. But there you go. But then obviously Cooper Cup, my boy, he lit it up as well. So I think he went for 158. Uh, was it maybe ball? I don't know. But he's good. So good he's to amazing. See. You wouldn't think with a veteran of his age, like they're just not getting, they just keep getting better, don't they? They're, they do. Unbelievable. It is crazy. Like obviously... Every six weeks, he's going to break an ankle. But beyond that, still playing out yeah. of his skin. Yeah, but the Rams are building something. But, it, you know, we'll see what they can keep keep during this season. Moving on to our last game to cover for what is Tuesday night football for us or Tuesday midday football for us. We go to SoFi for the Chargers versus the Cowboys. No, I don't want to talk about this one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I forgot. No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Please hold me. I insist. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> the revenge game for Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, coming up against his old team, the Cowboys, fell apart after this first drive, homie, that I thought, like, they both teams had... A starting drive that made me think this is going to be the best game of the week because it was electric quick and scoring very fast. 
Unfortunately, that didn't quite develop. The Chargers' <laughs> defense struggled to shut down CD Lamb, who Dak has decided to now pass it to. And Justin Herbert let the team down, which, you know, I don't say that lightly. Ooh, ooh. But Justin Herbert, I think first time that I've seen it, clearly should be ex- uh, taking on a fair amount of blame here. He's missing wide open receivers, not being able to finish on third down. Simply Dak outplayed Herbert this week, but don't worry, there's still plenty of questions on the Cowboys' offense and, and Dak's choices at times. Um, also have to mention the penalties in this game. Both teams gave away approximately 80 yards to the other team in penalties. <laughs> the refs were just making it rain. Like, it was insane. Um, but hold me, I want to leave you on this odd fact that I didn't know. So Justin Herbert entered the game with 10 receiving yards from his own pass. So he what? passed it, it got deflected, he caught it and then ran. Oh. And they count as reception yards. And uh, Troy Aikman said in the broadcast it was Herbert's fourth career catch. So That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't How know that was that? a thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you could do that on purpose, you could really pop the stats up, you know? Yeah, but what does your fantasy oh. look like when the quarterback's got received? Yeah, that's very interesting. Oh, it's not even a trick play. I like that. I like that. <laughs> just a bad pass. <laughs> I was, I was, I'll tell you, I was watching this one just on the, obviously I couldn't watch it live. So I was watching the, just the scores updating it. I could mm. just, I could tell that it was a messy game. Like you could tell watching the increments of the scores going up and I was just like... Oh, this is not looking good. It got stuck tied twice with nothing happening in the middle besides mistakes from both teams. And Well, they were very lucky not to break into a fight on field because uh, as we put up on our socials, they had a fight before the national anthem. Like before, well before kickoff. Pre-game (laughs) warm-ups. Get out. Yeah, so I was expecting... What sparked that? Do you know? no, not that I can tell. Obviously, it's not on the broadcast, mm. so it's just what I've seen from fans um, put out there. I know that the Chargers and Cowboys, I think, had a kind of practice game in the offseason where they threw punches. Um, yes. Not, not, not a preseason game, but maybe a practice game, but they threw punches. Yes. So maybe some bad blood is uh, existing there. Mm. I did see recently returning injured running back Austin Eckler get his helmet smacked off his head. <laughs> oh, well. How did Eckler go? Did he make it through? Um, the game, yes, he is yeah. healthy and everything. Um, not the dynamic running back we know, but um, you know, a lot of time to come yeah. back there. So, bummer for the Chargers, but Cowboys are glad to erase that narrative after losing to the 49ers last week. All right, Ken, so that we've wrapped up all the games, but. You know what we need to do? Let's head around the grounds and mm. let's chat about the things that aren't making headlines at the moment. But uh, what caught your eye, Cad? What did you pick up from around the grounds? Well, I was around the grounds, as you say, and I thought, you know, thinking about tanking, which we talk about, you know, often on the show we mention tanking a bit. And, you know, tell the listeners, if you don't know, why would a team tank? What's the yeah, advantage so of tanking? There's one main reason, and that is to get draft picks the next year. That exactly. is your number one reason. So if you have the worst win-loss record, you're getting the first pick in the draft the next year. Yep. So fans who have followed the NFL for a while would know Caleb Williams, and if you don't, he's been the number one college prospect for about two years now, still is. Um, you know, Everyone said he would have gone number one the last few years. 
basically he's all locked into being the number one pick in the draft. It just depends who takes him. So I thought it'd be an interesting time, homie, for us to check in on who are the draft leaders right now uh, mm. and as, as it all stands. Now, I would have thought it was the Panthers, homie, because they've got the donut. No, no. No, because they no. traded their first round pick with the Bears, who are one Correct. and four currently. Yes. And that means that they will have two first round picks if we went to the draft right now. But would they take Caleb Williams? Because they've taken Justin Fields in the first round only two years ago. Now, things aren't working out like they want. But do you reckon that they would take Caleb, a fresh new quarterback, right now? By all reports, they've got to take whoever gets number one pick is taking mm. Caleb, right? Like he is. That's what I've seen. Yeah, like he, he just, is. Like they're talking about him, like he's the he's the prophet, you know? Like yeah, he's he, like he'll take you savior. to the bowl. <laughs> yeah, he's like like even probably in more even than the the three we've got at the moment. Like he he seems to be a the pedigree above them, and so. Mm. I don't think it, whoever's number one gets the one of my, they're taking him no matter what the circumstance is, because even if they don't, <laughs> they've got leverage. Like they've got leverage. Like if you, you could trade Justin Fields off anyway. So what's it Yeah, matter? that's very true. Uh, There's definitely teams like, that are like, I'm, I don't mind that either. Now the, the next team that's up doesn't quite have this freedom that they would have to just trade their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Got the Cardinals. Yes. Now they have Calamari right now. Yeah. Who they got first pick in the draft four years ago. And they've paid him a whopping extension with 160 million just guaranteed. He's yet to play a game this season, but they can't cut him loose. So do they take Caleb Williams if they end up bottoming out this season? Oh yeah, they're taking him. I don't, they just I take don't, him and hold him. Yeah, I don't think they, and I don't think. I don't know if Murray will play again at all. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't know. It's a personal opinion. I can't. Mm. There's no basis for it, but I don't. I can nearly guarantee you won't play against for the Cardinals. Yeah. Like, that, like I think. I don't know. It's what such they, a, a large amount of money for them to sacrifice, but if they are literally just seeing no benefit from it, as a fan, you'd surely prefer it. Like I don't know what it says in. I'm not you know over team financials like that, but. I just don't know what the benefit of holding him is and being <laughs> suffering a, for four more years. Uh, there's a funny, um, I, I should get the specific details, but there's a baseball team and they had like this guy that never played a game for them, but they had to keep paying his contract and every year they would celebrate <laughs> because they were one year closer to, like it was 20 years <laughs> to they had to pay him. The, yeah, I'll find <laughs> out the details so I can talk about it again another, like properly. But I just think like it's for them. Everyone would be like, let's just cut it and be done with it. And we'll just celebrate every year when we pay him his severance check. I would you know, love that. I would yeah. absolutely love like it's Kyla Murray payday and everyone has Yeah, like everyone just celebrates pay him out because he's no longer there anymore. And they can but celebrate Caleb Williams. Yeah, but because it's like, I just feel, and it kind of feels like they're trying to get... Yeah, like, trying to edge like him out. Yeah, uh, Jeez, this Joshua Dobbs is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, this week's performance, there was some, there was some moments where you go, you could have done better. <laughs> but it's, I was like, mm, you know, a game you almost expect them to go better in. They didn't yep. go well in. So okay. I think I think we're okay with that one. So uh, I well, think that I'll... it's going. He's going okay. number one, whoever gets it. 
Well, just as a quick run through, they've got the Broncos behind them. They've got Russell, who's quite old, but they spent a lot of draft picks and money for him and the coach. But then behind them, it's the Giants and Patriots, who I think we both can agree desperately need a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) So they might be tanking extra hard now. We don't know. (laughs) It's a genuine race to the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, really. (laughs) We might have to track two levels here. I haven't haven't thought about that. We might have to start splitting off the segments into who's winning the losing race. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. it's like, like, oh, that's like, yeah, okay, that might help our tips as well. We might have to really monitor this. That's a good one. It's crazy, isn't it? That's a that's yeah. the salary cap sports, isn't it? It's yeah. like, so I think I think we will check in with it well later in the season. But I thought it'd be an interesting early check in to to track the storyline. But um, tell me what have, what have you seen around the grounds? All right, I want to go. I want to go early on the coaching carousel. Ooh! I just want a quick name, no more. Just a quick name of. I've got one in mind, but have you got any that are, you're concerned about? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Just give me one. Just give me one. <laughs> I'll start with one. I, I, well, I'll go with the obvious one, which is Brandon Staley. Yeah. Uh, it's very obvious and we've talked about it enough. They've got the Chiefs next week. They've got the Chiefs next week. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's going down. Yeah. That's, it could be very quick for that one. Yeah. I, I think Brandon's just on a matter of time. What have you got for me, homie? Right, mine's a bit more of, I think of left field. We'll see when you react to it. But it's like Arthur Smith, the Falcons coach. Really? Okay. I, there's something, I don't, I don't think he's going well. Like there's something about the Falcons that I think, I think he might be the scapegoat for, well, it's, well, it's not the scapegoat. I think it could be his calls that are not letting them. He's a bit of an odd cat, I think, on the sideline, just watching him. He does look some, like a weird guy. Yeah, and there's just some there's some calls that they're doing, and I just think, hmm, there's a question mark over you, and I've, mm. I've well, I've placed the question mark over him, but uh, he's one I'm keeping a little eye on. A sleeper he's been there. head coach since 2021. It's his first head coach role. Yeah, but now that he's got you know Bijan Robinson, you know he's got an actual prospect yeah. here. Maybe yeah. the pressure starts to build. I like it as an early call, and I can't really yeah. dispel it. So not bad. It'll be I, a season ender. It'll be at the season end if they don't make it. Mm. But it's uh, but I just he's one I'm really monitoring at the moment. I've got I've got others. I don't think we need to explain why they're on the list right now. Mike McCarthy is always on the list. I don't know if the Cowboys ever pull the trigger on that, mm. um, or Jerry will. But Mike's always on that list. Um, Bill Belichick's coming into this conversation at the moment, which again is a big call for the Patriots. But I like yeah. that call a lot. I think he doesn't call much that's new. He's very old school. Um, Josh McDaniels from the Raiders. No yeah. one's really happy with him. But my my one I was thinking that was out of left field, it hasn't been raised yet that I've seen, is is Brian Dable from the Giants. Nah, I I reckon there I reckon there's an underlying narrative at the moment. I think it's yeah, you're against starting, especially today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think after him and Jones blew up that time, I think everyone's that's really the first thing him. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're definitely watching him. They're definitely, but there's there's He's some feel, ones feeling there. the stress. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, all right. Anything else from around the grounds that caught your eye? I'm gonna bring up one because I just thought it was hilarious. Josh Allen 
<laughs> running into the fight. <laughs> oh, yes. I did see this. There was a that lot was of so fighting good. this week. But that oh, was a wasn't big, it? That was a big tussle, that one. Yeah, that was a genuine melee, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was on. There's, there was a few. Was, so that was, that was on a touch score, touchdown scoring drive. It's, again, hard with the coverage. You don't quite know what was the cause half the time. But it's like... No. To watch Josh Allen, the quarterback, just running in and defending To, to take boys. on a, def- a defensive oh, lineman. <laughs> it was great. It was so good. And you're thinking, is that the other Allen? No, no, yeah, you would know. Yeah, we're talking about yeah. I was like, is that the other Josh Allen on that yeah, team? Yeah, it's like, no, nah, that is your very highly played quarterback getting into yeah. scuffle. Oh, well, that's what, that was, that's what the commentators, I think, said at the time, or maybe it was with the Chargers one or any of the others we saw this week, but we don't know what's being said in that pile. When they all stack on, you know they're saying yeah. words to each other. Oh, and it's like, what imagine are they? the chat. Imagine oh, the chat. Filthy. Oh, it'd be good. It'd be good. <laughs> it'd be real good. It was, yeah, there were some big hits there uh, in that game for sure with the Bills one. It was very interesting oh. to see how that was handled. Yeah. And I think there was four personal fouls handed out on each it was, team. It was a scrappy week overall. Yeah. It was a scrappy week. Everyone Everyone's it. just feeling it today. I don't know if it's a yeah. jet lag running around the league or <laughs> what oh. it is. We haven't <laughs> blued like, on this podcast yet. I'm, I'm still recovering uh, from the jet lag. You know, uh, There's time. Bit, you're a bit sharp this morning. A bit sharp. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> a little pointy. <laughs> no, you're nah, you very good when you message me at 4am. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we all, haven't all got jet lag, Cad. We haven't all got it, okay? You guys I'm just need up. to get rise I'm and grind, Tommy. Yeah. You, know, you just get up at 5am. We're in the 5am club now. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. okay. I sure. said accidentally we'll... and unproductively we will be joining <laughs> <Yeah>. the club. <laughs> Oh, anything else for around the ground, Tommy? No, there was there's a lot of action. It was great fun. The injury report card is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I'll get that out on the socials. Too much to mention, and it bogs down. I don't want to make it a negative space in the reviews, but there's a lot to track there. Yeah. Other than that, great week. Yeah, excellent week. We'll be uh, definitely considering those injuries and letting you know what will affect the game in the preview episode we'll have later this week but awesome awesome time homie great episode and i think it's time to wrap it up well that's a wrap of week six in the nfl thank you for listening to this episode of onside punt remember whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your nfl journey with what you've covered remember to subscribe to our podcast follow us on instagram at onside punt thanks cat Thanks, mate. Been awesome. Oh, yeah. Linda got 14 out of 15 in the tipping comp. No, no one cares. <laughs> no, it's, there's something wrong with that. That's Honestly, cool, Linda, it was, it was very impressive. Well done. I'm yeah, it was. Say. It was pretty good. <laughs> Don't repeat that. <laughs>